Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now Isaiah Thomas checks in for his first time as a Cavalier. Standing ovation for Isaiah Thomas before he took his first official shot as a Cleveland Cavalier. What a way to kick off 2018. Greg Anthony, my main man here in the studio with me, Sekou Smith here at the Hangtime Podcast. Welcome to uh, the second part of the 2017-2018 NBA season. Calendar flipped. Plenty of storylines, GA, mm-hmm. all around the league. Happy New Year, too, um, Happy man. New Year. Happy, Happy holidays to everybody listening. No doubt. 2018 is going to be awesome. Happy holidays to Isaiah Thomas and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. What a shot of adrenaline it is to get a guy of that caliber injected into the mix. What, 36 games in, mm-hmm. and you add this guy, you know, to your rotation. You you guys called the game mm-hmm. on players only. Was he what you thought he'd be, maybe better in limited minutes in that in that debut? Yeah, honestly, he was better from the impact on the game. Physically, he was a half-step slow. Like, he really was. But that speaks to how good a player he is. Being a half-step slow, you know, only playing 19 minutes, still able to get 17. And, you know, I saw an interesting stat. He's the first point guard this season that had a plus-minus of above 15 (laughs) for the Cavs. They had not had one all season. Now, obviously, Derrick Rose is going through what he's going through and – you know, Calderon, Calderon yeah. at this point, he's just, you know, he's just middle relief. You right. know, they're just trying to get minutes out of him. But that that says a lot about him and, and then just all the different lineups and dynamics and the versatility with him. But also, you know, that entire roster. I mean, they, oh. they are such a different team from a season ago. I think by far, and, I, and, and I'm saying this out of respect to the, the three teams that have gone to the finals prior but this is by far the most talented group the Cavs have had since LeBron's come back I agree top to bottom if you just look at the depth yeah and it's not really even close it's just a matter can they get it all to work because honestly the hard part's about to start when everybody's healthy yeah because everybody wants to win a championship but most players want to win it their way they want (laughs) to win it while when they're getting their minutes and there's gonna be a couple guys that the minutes aren't going to be there. Yeah, who, who do you think has to suffer in terms of minutes now that, that IT is back? Uh, who are the guys that get squeezed? Calderon, obviously. Well, yeah, we'll Calderon see wasn't change. expected to play this year. Right. Other than the fact that, you know, they knew Isaiah wasn't going to be there initially. Right. I, I think what's probably going to happen, I think it's going to be a challenge for Shump to get back on the floor. Yeah. Give you another thing. I don't think Tristan Thompson gets back in the starting lineup. Yeah. Okay, so that's two major ones. Uh, just right there. And then it's going to depend upon how they stagger their rotations uh, because Kevin Love's playing so well, uh, but 
he's still, when they get fourth quarter winning time, tough times, when they go small, his lack of athleticism shows. They yeah. struggle to get loose balls. I mean, even you go back to the game they lost to the Warriors Christmas Day, they couldn't get loose balls down the stretch. You know, the Warriors were quicker, more athletic. They, yeah. they, they won all those those possessions. And so they're still going to have some challenges. But I, I just have a sneaky suspicion. We were talking about their their quote-unquote death lineup, right? right. Who's going to be their five and, and everybody. I, I actually think Jeff Green's going to be in their five. Mm. Because he gives them size and athleticism, to unlike anybody up. else, yeah, right. you know, and he gives them versatility, which is what everybody wants. Yeah. You know, that's what Golden State does. It's just their versatile guys can go get the basketball. They can go make physical plays. Draymond right. and, and Durant, they need a guy that can do that, and, and he's. I think he's got a chance to be that kind of player yeah. in this system. They they are going to be an interesting group because so much of what they do in the postseason is going to be based on those matchups, based on the rotations that Ty Lue decides to deploy. And he did it the past couple of years. He did it last year for sure mm-hmm. when he's playing certain guys in certain series to stretch the floor and knock down threes the way they did and ran some of those teams in the East, you know, out of those, you know, off the floor basically in a couple of series. Um, then you get that same lineup against the Warriors and it doesn't work. Channing Fry doesn't see the floor. So it's yeah, like, and, and they're not. That's, so, you go back to that, again, we talked about this before. So I, I, and I said the, the reason they couldn't compete for the championship is they had no bench production. They had a bunch of old guys <laughs> that just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And it also, they didn't have guys that could help Corver because he couldn't even get looks. Yeah. You know, tough to get looks when you're out there with Channing Fry and Darren Williams and, and some of the Gosh, older guys. About Darren Williams. Yeah, yeah they, they they just didn't have. The, and remember, the other issue was LeBron couldn't come out the game. Right. You know, I don't care how great LeBron is, he's not going to be great forty six minutes. Yeah. He's going to have to try to pace himself mentally going in, knowing it. Now, he may not. That bench court now again. This is Portland, but their bench put up sixty one last night. Now they don't have to get sixty one in the finals. But if they get 31, 35, <laughs> and, yeah. he, and more importantly, they're not losing ground when he's on the bench, that's when things will get interesting when you look at Cleveland. This could be blasphemy to the folks in Boston right now because of the way Kyrie has played. But do you think, and, and I maintain that Isaiah Thomas is a different kind of score slash creator than Kyrie is. And he showed a little bit of it last night or Tuesday night in that game. Isaiah Thomas's offensive creation is, first and foremost, he can get his shots. Mm-hmm. But he can create and find other, for other guys and find other guys in ways, to me, not that Kyrie can't, but that Kyrie has never really focused on when he was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Do you think that when LeBron is off that floor, that second group now, with, if you have Dwayne Wade, Jeff Green, and maybe Isaiah Thomas staggering minutes to to play minutes with that second group alleviates the pressure that Cleveland used to feel when when LeBron was off the floor with Kevin Love and Kyrie as his number two and three. I, I think so. the way I would quantify this is, first of all, the trade was great for both teams because no matter what, I still think Cleveland's better than Boston, even if they had uh, Gordon Haywood. But... Boston's future is brighter yeah. with Kyrie than it would have been with Isaiah. First and foremost, I don't know that Danny would have pulled the trigger and paid Isaiah right. that max deal. 
You know, that that's I think it's clear he didn't want to, yeah. Yeah. Secondly though, Isaiah, to your point, is a bit of a better fit in terms of style of play. Not talent. Right. Kyrie is a more talented player, but Isaiah's probably a better fit. And the reason is because he's better with that. I, I'll give you a, a, a quick little story. I, I was talking with Phil Jackson years mm-hmm. ago, right? We are talking about Kobe and, and Michael. Right. And he was, I was asking, you know, because a lot of times people never really ask Phil, like, okay, right. well, who was better? Right. And then, you know, so I was, you know, a lot of people always say, oh, he's just going to automatically say Michael is better, you know. And then he, he, he thought about it when I asked the question. He said, Kobe was better with the basketball. Michael was better without it. <clears throat> and that's the dynamic here. Isaiah is better without it than Kyrie is. Kyrie's better with, with it. it yeah. That makes sense. And on this team, you need guys who are better without it. That's why Kevin Love now is really playing well because yeah. he doesn't need it. When he gets it, he's shooting. He's not going to go have to go make plays consistently. And also remember with that trade, it wasn't just those guys. It's Everything else, else yeah. Cleveland got. Jay Crowder. They got Jay Crowder. You know, Jeff Green's there now. Dwayne Wade's there now. Derrick Rose is there now. So they got all these other guys that can play basketball. And you saw watching the game last night, Dwayne Wade, his brilliance, he's so good yeah. without it too, yeah. though. See, yeah. he can play without it. And that's where the advantage of him playing in LeBron, with LeBron. In Miami, yeah. He's already gone through that transition exactly. of having to learn, okay, I got to be able to pick my spots – and I can still, because the IQ collectively overall with this group, see, this group has more basketball players than last year's group. Mm-hmm. Last year's group had more guys who were reliant on you playing for them. Mm-hmm. This group, they have just better basketball players. And we don't know where it's going to ultimately result in, sure. but I will say they are unquestionably better than they were a year ago, which is the goal Coming into this season, you know, they they knew in order to have a real chance to win it, they had to get better. And if they're healthy, there's no doubt they're better. Yeah. Great test, too. (laughs) Wednesday night, you get Cleveland and Boston again. Mm -hmm. Um, After that season opening game, you get them again. Unfortunately, Isaiah Thomas not scheduled to play in a return trip, his first trip back to Boston since the trade and since he came, you know, made his debut with Mm -hmm. the Cavaliers. But the Thursday night matchups – we keep running into these same teams, Warriors and Rockets, with another chance to see where they are now after we saw them on opening night when the Rockets gave them, you know, everything they could handle and won the game. It's, and James Harden is out, you know, for a couple of weeks here with a hamstring strain. So that'll be, a, you know, something that certainly impacts this, this matchup. But I feel like the Warriors don't care. They, they got a little get back that they need and to, just to establish – after losing to the Rockets on opening night, we need to make sure we remind them that when we're at our best, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Yeah, and listen, the Warriors are still the creme de la creme. Yeah. Like, they are still the gold standard in our league right mm-hmm. now. So, quite honestly, they want to win every game they play, but they want to be right when the season ends. That And, and I think that's, that's the lesson that Steve Kerr learned the year they chased the record and lost the title. I think he took something away from Greg Popovich in terms of using a regular season to get ready for the postseason. Yeah. And it's not about them physically. It's about them mentally. So 
not that he wanted Steve Kerr to be hurt. I mean, I'm sorry, Steph Curry to be hurt. But he was not disappointed at all. Why? Because mentally, Steph was going to be reinvigorated being away from it for a couple weeks. And he's going to get opportunities for other guys to develop some trust and confidence in critical situations. So the thing about Golden State, their core guys are still their core guys. But they're going to be reliant even more so this year on a lot of guys that haven't been there yet. Jordan Bell. Yeah. Jordan I keep Bell, thinking about the role Jordan Bell could play on this yeah, team. Yeah, you know, he, he may – I think he's going to have to play well for them. Yeah. You know, Patrick McCaw. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to continue. Nick Young hadn't been in these situations. You know, so that supporting cast, when you factor in also that Sean and, and uh, Andre are a little older – that supporting cast, their development over the regular season is going to be really big. Because yeah. even though I think they're the gold standard, I don't think they're – and this is a mental thing. I don't think they're quite as good as they were when they won it. Really? I, I think – and a lot of that is mental because, like, these guys aren't robots. Mm-hmm. They've played in three straight finals. They've played with the stress of chasing the regular season record. Like, they've played an extra season. Yeah. And that does – It takes uh, a other, toll. Other than no LeBron, who we've never seen him do what he's <laughs> that takes a toll. Yeah. It does. I mean, I don't care what anybody t- – and they will acknowledge that to you. Steve Kerr knows it takes – to go through the stress of a postseason where the only goal – so some teams go into postseason, if they get there, they're happy. Right. This team going into the postseason, if they lose, they fail. Right. The pre- with the pressure. With the pressure they're going to have. Yeah. And they've had that now – going into their fourth season. Steve Kerr said uh, somebody brought this up to him at one point and he said the the three-peat is the most difficult thing possible. He mm-hmm. was just saying that trying to do that three years in a row becomes such a mental and emotional burden. I'm I'm expecting this Warriors team actually, and I think the addition of Kevin Durant last season Change that dynamic for them mm-hmm. because you added a player of that caliber. Like you know, when you when you're talking about a three piece, who adds a guy who's arguably the best two or three players on the planet? Yeah, in the midst of one of those runs. So I think that changed it for them, and not give up anything, right? And didn't have to, yeah, and didn't have to part with one yeah, of your four guys to do it. They didn't do what Cleveland did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, you know, and 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 that leads me ga to a bigger issue. Um, the, the player dynamic in this league now, I, and I, I guarantee you we've had issues before in in generations past where star players didn't get along on the same teams. We could go Absolutely. back and pick that out in different situations plenty of times. Been there since the beginning of sport, right? But this <laughs> seems so strange to me. the The fabric of that relationship in LeBron and Kyrie's case. You have that same dynamic that had to be managed in Katie and Steph's case. Chris Paul and James Harden have to navigate it. You think about Russ and Katie not being able to navigate it to everybody's satisfaction in Oklahoma City. Do you remember there being this many instances where there were star players? And maybe it didn't come to light back in a, yeah. in a previous generation. Maybe it wasn't where guys had the opportunity to go to a different situation, but I just see, it just seems like such a weird thing to me now that that dynamic between your, your best players has become such a linchpin for your franchise. It can change everything in an instant. It's always been there. The, mm-hmm. the difference 
in some respects. And I, and again, I don't even think like the KD Steph thing. I don't think was much of an issue. They got whatever it was. They well, got they would have gotten through it with ease if there was anything. Well, I don't think there ever was. I think yeah. part of this stuff is fabricated because mm-hmm. we we if if a you know if a guy has a comment on Twitter. We take that to be all. They got beef. <laughs> right. You know, like, so we blow a lot of this stuff. Those dudes are probably sitting back laughing at people. Yeah. Now, there are instances where there were questions. The Durant-Westbrook, absolutely. To me, and I said this I said this to some respect with LeBron when he left Cleveland. LeBron left Cleveland the first time because that organization couldn't build a championship team. Right. They they couldn't build one. They They kept trying to put – retreads and pieces, different pieces average didn't players work, around yeah. him because of his greatness and assuming that was going to get him there. And he realized, man, no matter what I do, the year they lost Oregon, I remember they lost to Orlando when Orlando went to the finals. He averaged like 39-9-9, had an unbelievable series. Everybody was killing him. Like, yeah, his elbow. And, and that's when he realized, I can't win here yeah. because they're not good enough to build me a team. That's why he had to leave. Durant, similar with Westbrook, I think his feeling was – that as great as Westbrook's talent and passion was, that he hasn't evolved enough to where they could beat Golden State. Because I don't think they had the collective IQ as a group. As a group, The talent, physically, they were there, obviously. But they didn't have that. And I think – and you see also, I I think he felt he needed to grow as a player. He is a much – not statistically, but impact on the game – far superior to where he was in his MVP season. Sure. He was not in the conversation to be the defensive player. Yeah, he wasn't considered one of the best two-way players in the game. No, now he's he's morphed into that. And then part of it is because he's playing with talent where he doesn't take bad shots. He's not playing with other guys that are going to take self-will shots. You know, so that that part. Now, I will say with, with Kyrie and LeBron, the difference with those two is a generational difference. Yeah. Because Kyrie, being a younger player, he's what most young players are. Kyrie believed last year and the year before he was the best player on the Cavs. <laughs> right. and, and had every right to do and so. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that because that's the part of what makes Kyrie great. And you know what? He might be, you know. But in his mind, he needed to go and see what he could become. He did his was close to what Durant's was. Mm-hmm. Different reasons, but the same, same th- dynamic. dynamic yeah. You know, he wanted to see what heights he could go to as a player individually and still pursuing the opportunity to win. And that's why he felt it was time. There's never been a team that I've been on where everybody loved each other all the time. You yeah. always got it's a family, right? If you grew up with siblings, Y'all don't fight and get into it and have issues. Right. You damn right. Anytime you're around your your spouse, anytime you're around anybody all the time, you're going to have issues. The difference is you ultimately have the same goal and you figure it out. Just like it didn't affect the play on the court for LeBron and Kyrie. No. They won a they championship, won a championship. Yeah. and they they beat a team one out of three times that was better than they were. They were a better team, and they found a way to win one. They 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 weren't better the year they won it. No, you know, but they found they, a way they, to yeah. win it. You know, and so mission accomplished. They they proved that they could do it. You know, remember Kyrie wasn't a guy that was on the team getting to the conference finals before LeBron got there. So <laughs> he wasn't even making the playoffs. No, so before LeBron got but, there. But but it was that that's what it was. It was time for him to move on and grow. And let me tell you, 
it was the best thing that could have happened for both franchises because with him there, they didn't have the flexibility to right. make moves. Right. You know, and, and so they had to do something. And I didn't see Kyrie being traded, but in retrospect, it, it, it was a brilliant move for both sides because it was a win-win for both the Cavs and the Celtics. Yeah. By the way, I, don't, I know people have glossed over this. Steph Curry missed quite a few games. The Warriors played really well without him. <laughs> then he came back, and in his first game back, he hit 10 threes. Just to remind you, life might be grand without me, yeah. but it's spectacular oh, yeah. with me. I was cracking up because it kind of got glossed over. He mm-hmm. came back on a Saturday night, and nobody, it didn't make a, a huge sports weekend. It got lost in the shuffle, yeah. which is crazy. 30. He only dropped 30. Just 38, yeah. you know, after missing all those games. Um, the Warriors are rolling, by the way, if anybody. They've been uh, rolling for four years now. Exactly. So they, it's they, not like they're not doing cranking. Listen, they're not doing anything they haven't been doing. Heck, you, you could. they're not playing at the level that they've played in the past. They're 780 playing 780 basketball, which is very good basketball. Right. You you happy with that every year. But we've seen them play better. But, and this is the point I made to you earlier, as great as they are, the gap between them and everybody else is not, as, not significant. as significant. It's, it's not, not as great as, as it once was. It's, yeah. it's just not. That's why when Steve Kerr talked about the three-peat, the, the third title the Bulls won, they weren't that much better. Yeah. They weren't as good – or one, they weren't head and shoulders above everybody else, you know. And, and and a lot of it is because of the mental grind of doing it. Couldn't take it at the next level as quickly or as easily as you could maybe the two years well, previous. Actually, no. They they were at the level. The difference is everybody else aspires to get to that level. That's right. the point. Like you raise everybody's level. What do we always talk about? Tiger Woods and golf. He set the bar so high. He didn't stop being Tiger Woods. It's just other people said, man, in order for me to compete, I got to get, get to up there. Here, yeah. yeah, That's what happens. It's not that you necessarily drop off the face of the earth. Golden State's still a great team. It's just that Houston's better. San Antonio's better. Cleveland's gotten better. Boston's gotten better. Toron- Toronto, They're, they're yeah. better teams than they were a year ago. Oh. And so that's what that gap, you know, they're hungrier. It's hard to be as hungry. It's a mental thing with Golden State. Yeah. You know, so right now they're just trying to get through the regular season <laughs> mentally and physically healthy and get better because you do get a little slippage over the course of the season. But get us to the playoffs. That's, that's yeah. the words. Like, just get to the playoffs. Get on. You know, but that's a great point. Get on, you got to get on, on the champions level. You got to get on that championship level. No well, question That's about what it. Cleveland did. In this, remember the first time they yeah. played them? You're right. Obviously they weren't healthy. They were a better team. Yeah. The second time around, you know, they were hungrier. Yeah, and then in the third matchup, Cleveland was hungrier. I mean, Golden State State because they were more motivated. Back from that, yeah, Yeah, you know, like they needed that motivation. Now they don't have it. The other teams have it because they are the big dog. They're the champs, and it does make. That's why it's hard to repeat. Yeah, it really is because you don't always have. You might have the physical edge, but rarely will you have the mental edge. When you've already beat them, that's why Houston went out and made the moves they made, <laughs> and all these teams, man. Because yeah. look, they're trying to get to that level. Yeah, and this—the cool part about this is we get a chance to see all these teams in the mix. Yeah, I'm already clearing my schedule for January 15th, that Monday night game. 
Cleveland Golden State. Ooh. I mentioned to my wife last night, I was like, hey, we got nothing going on on the 15th, right? She's like, what are you asking me about the 15th yeah. for? I was like, I just need to make sure ain't no, yeah. nobody's you know, over you here don't want to DVR I want to watch that live. Watch you can't game. even DVR live sports because <laughs> you go going to know. Yep. I was like, I need I need the house nice and quiet on, on the 15th. Um, interesting. Let's get, on, get on the championship level. Let's see if John Schumann can get on the championship level for 2018 with the Schumann staff. Fellas, what's up? What's good, going man? On, what's sure. going on? Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you! Yeah, you, be, you better bring it, shoot. Yeah, you got to bring it. The you first, better bring it in the first a new one year. of the new year, man. Let's let's look a little uh, go go back to 2007 for for one little bit. 2007. That's a little far. That's... I mean, 2017. Excuse oh, me. I'm quitting now. If we're going all the way back to 2007, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> What player led the league in total points scored in calendar year 2017? So that includes playoff games. Mm-hmm. January 1st, 2017 through December 31st, 2017. Who scored the most points? LeBron James. Correct. But it was a tie. What? I can see LeBron that. James and James Harden both scored yeah, 2,803 points in 2017. What? Yeah, Jay, Jay just did it in less games. James did a yes in 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 seven fewer games. Actually, LeBron scored in two thousand in uh, excuse me ninety nine games, so twenty eight point three per game, and James Harden in ninety two games, so thirty point five per game. Wait a minute, they had the identical number. Yeah, that's crazy. Identical, they scored a total same same number of total that's points crazy. in two thousand seventeen. Who who had the best cumulative plus minus in 2017 calendar year? I'm gonna say cumulative plus minus. Kevin so Durant. Raw plus minus, just like plus what at plus for the whole year. His team outscored his opponents by X this right. this amount of points uh, in, in 2017. Oh, you know what? Though? It's Clay not a, it's not a star. It is a star, but it's not a super superstar. Clay Thompson. Mm. I no, thought Clay Thompson was third. Dang it! I thought Durant initially, but then I was like, "No, nah, Durant shoot, was fourth. Shoot, I thought it would be Clay him. because you're on the he, right track. He doesn't. Then do- it's got to be. It's got to be Draymond. Draymond was second. Oh, uh, then it's Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry was Wait a, a minute. plus. They got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they got all the top yeah. Oh, oh, believe me, Steph Curry was a plus one thousand one hundred and twenty-six in the calendar year two thousand seventeen. What? Draymond Green, number two, uh, 921, plus 921. Then Clay Thompson, then Kevin Durant, then Andre Iguodala, number five. <laughs> well, plus I mean, duh, they had the best record. They had the record. best record, yeah, the best. Yeah. And they had Won the championship. Largest. Did they break and the they, record yeah, for win margin? Yeah, they went 16-1. I wrote about it at the end of the finals that Curry's plus-minus for the postseason, like cumulative plus-minus for the postseason was the highest we've ever had. And, you know, plus-minus yeah. goes back 20 years. Right. Um so the, the the top nine warrior was Eric Gordon, and then you get and then you get Zaza Pachulia at number seven, and then er, Kyrie, LeBron, and then Chris Paul. Get him, Zaza. But the Curry thing is is interesting because you know in this sort of eleven game absence that you guys were talking about a little mm-hmm. bit, the, the Warriors ranked seventeenth offensively over that eleven games that Curry was out. And I mean, Steve Kerr has talked this about this, you know, like the Warriors' offense is. As as talented as Kevin Durant, they still have two of the three best shooters in the world. They still have an incredible facilitator in, in Draymond Green and talented guys coming off the bench. But the Warriors' offense is built around Stephen Curry's ability to shoot 
off the dribble, right? Like that is the sure the the threat that just gets def- that compromises defenses, you know, mm-hmm. possession after possession. Um, and so it's always interesting to see. I thought, you know, I think going into this season, one of their goals was to sort of see if they could be a little bit better offensively when he's off the floor. Um, and they have been a little bit, but it's still it's still a, a big contrast. Last year, the Warriors had the number one offense, basically the most efficient offense ever. They scored 113 points per 100 possessions. With Curry on the floor, that number was 118. And with him off the floor, it was 102. Mm. And the 102... The, the the 102 points per 100 possessions that they scored last year with Curry off the floor is basically equivalent equivalent to like the 26th best def, best offense in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Now some of that's garbage time and and yeah. part of it is you guys remember that like when he comes off the floor so does you know Draymond Durant. and and Durant is off the floor for some a lot of those minutes too. Um, but it's still a huge, a huge drop. This year, it's it the drop isn't as bad, but uh, that's it's still, what I was going to ask you because I don't think yeah. Been... This year, it's it's one twenty when he's on and one oh seven when he's off. It's still a big drop, a big but drop, it's not so. quite as 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 drastic. And like I said, they rank seventeenth in those eleven games that he over those eleven games that he missed. So it's and then of course he comes back and he goes he goes crazy and that was their best off that that game was their best offensive game of the season so right. far. Right. That game he came back. Hmm. Very interesting. But it's always interesting to see yeah, how they. If uh, I was curious to see how they would do offensively with him off the, with him out over that stretch, just to see. Um, well, remember you know, too, they, they, had could, a, they had a lot of other guys. Draymond missed games yeah. in that stretch. Yeah, Durant missed. They they've had a lot of guys, and I think a lot of this is intentional, where they mentally want to try to be right for the postseason because yeah. they've been on such a run the last three. And almost to yeah. half seasons now, right? They're going to only but be judged I think, by the postseason. Yeah, I think we sort of—I don't know if like in the last year or so we've sort of lost our appreciation for how much of a force he is offensively. You know, like I feel like he's almost become underrated now. Like people, Durant came and Durant won Finals MVP and 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 sort of uh, you know does so much for them and then but then and and obviously he's become now a defensive player of the year candidate um but i think we sort of lose appreciation for how much of a force curry is offensively and how much he forces defenses to get into scramble so you're saying he's got he's gotten a lebron's level is what you're saying (laughs) like we're like yeah steph got 30 let's think about that because that's exactly the argument you'd make for lebron when you look at lebron's numbers Across yeah. the board? Well, during the finals, we talked you about take it. take it for granted. He played great during the finals, and nobody even mentioned it mm-hmm. because it was Durant's finals MVP, Durant's finally getting his championship, this, that, and the other. You kind of overlooked the fact that Steph played great. Steph was terrific. He was outstanding. And, and those guys are all – and Steph benefits too. Don't, don't think for a second that Steph doesn't also benefit with Durant because it's just – Listen, anytime you have more greatness on the floor, yeah. you get more opportunity to play with in space. Yeah. Because yeah. Durant gives Curry the same kind of space that Curry gives Durant. Sure. And right. they both it- prove and they can do it without each other. The question is, but they're better with, with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, the other thing, great thing about Curry is, like, he's willing to give up the ball early in the possession knowing that, if he moves around and gets open, it's going to find him. You know, like there are certain there are some mm-hmm. uh, guards that have the talent to score. You know, scoring point guards that aren't as willing to sort of uh, seed the decision making 
to other guys, you know, that either want to score or, or, or get the assist on, on, on most of the possessions, whereas he's willing to sort of get off the ball early in the possession, uh, move around and, and know that, you know, his team and trust that his teammates are going to make the right decisions as far as finding the open man. And hopefully that'll be him later in the possession. I think that's the great thing about Golden State is that there's no, there's no like anybody, you know, Durant maybe every once in a while, but there's no like, oh, I've, I've got to do something on this possession. It's, it's, uh, you know, they're always sort of trusting each other to, to, uh, to know that the, the ball is going to find the open guy eventually. There's that word again. We've been talking about it all day. Trust, you know, just like mm-hmm. do guys trust each other? We talk well, about they, LeBron, they Kyrie, also, and they, tr- they trust your IQ. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing that those guys have is yeah, they're all absolutely. high IQ guys. Yeah. Like, and they understand that over the course of 48 minutes, they're all going to get their shots. shots the question there, is yeah. the quality of the shots they take. That's yeah. the thing that separates them and really all the top teams. Yeah. It's the quality of the shots. It's their shot selection. Yeah, that's what makes them special. They're not taking as many buzzer beaters or shots with three guys on them or double pump shots. They're taking rhythm shots for the most part over the course of a 48-minute game. Well, Shu, we trust you with the Schumann stat every week here on the Hang Time Podcast, man. Uh, next week, I might have, I might come with a stat, see if I can stump Schumann. Let's start a new tradition in 2018. Right, I got one more little addendum on that plus, plus minus All right. stat. So I we have plus minus like I said since the ninety six ninety seven season. So mm-hmm. for starting with ninety seven, we have it for full calendar years, right? So that's twenty one years, ninety seven through two thousand seventeen. Okay. So I was looking at the top for a calendar year ever. At number ten is LeBron in two thousand sixteen, the year the Cavs won. Mm-hmm. Number nine is uh, KG in two thousand eight, and then the top eight spots. Eight through one are Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, and Stephen Curry. So three Draymonds, two Currys, and two or three Currys and two Thompsons are the top for a calendar year over the last twenty-one years. It's pretty amazing. So you're telling me that the uh, Splash Brothers good. are pretty damn good? Yeah, they got a little talent. They go. I it's think they got about, a it's, that, that about just winning games. They they put teams away. You yeah. know, like yeah. They win game. They it's it, their point differential is 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 another thing. Like it's it's sort of you know even the, in the years where they didn't win seventy three, their point differential was still kind of ridiculous. But they've revolutionized the game. Yeah, so you go back it. to the big stat. They take the fewest dribbles, right? Of any team, Clay might take the fewest dribbles in the history of the game. Yeah, like that, that's a, score. that speaks to like <laughs> for a guard, yeah. Like that would be my game plan. We right. got to make we got to make, make Clay, Clay a ball handle. Yeah. He's got to yeah. take DeAndre four Jordan or five doesn't dribbles. Dribble, yeah, DeAndre Jordan doesn't dribble a lot either, but he's not. You know, <laughs> no, no. But I'm talking about the whole team. His shot, yeah, his shots yeah. ain't coming from thirty feet away. Either. No, yeah. Oh man, appreciate your shoe as always, sir. All right, fellas. All right now, John Schumann and the Schumann stat as always. That's some brain stuff. teasers, some interesting stuff. Eh. Warriors are pretty good. I think we've established that here. Yeah, listen, Golden State Warriors. No doubt about it. They're going to be. They're the favorites right now. The difference though is they're going to have legitimate. We feel like. There's listen, we stick, just yeah. had. We've almost done our entire podcast. We haven't mentioned the Spurs. I know. They just Kawhi's just starting to get right. Yeah. You know, they they're I think if they're healthy, they're gonna be an interesting team yeah. next year. Maybe maybe the Spurs will be on bragging rights this week. Have we had more than maybe one Spurs game on bragging rights this season? We did Spurs Rockets last week. Okay, yeah. But you got right, Seiku. Uh-huh.
was your one win of the week. Uh, oh, shoot. That was getting yeah, really flexed in here. Uh, now Seku at 12 and 9, GA at 10 and 11. Oh, so I, I'm right back in it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because remember, you had, you were up like five, know, six games on me. So we're going to start Friday night, Raptors at Bucks. Ooh, that's going to be a nice game. game. That's going to be that's a good. One. That's a good, nasty. That's a tough pick. T- yeah, like that's physical. That's pick. I'm... <sighs> I'm gonna go with the Bucks, but I don't feel as great making that pick right now as I should. But I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I'm gonna go with Toronto. Um, Toronto has not been a great road team, um, but they've been the best home team in the league. Only one loss, uh, and, and nobody else has less than five. Isn't wow. that crazy? That's crazy. That, and you know, and and they they played uh, five more road games, so they. Hmm. They're they're priming at the pump right now, but I just think their style and and it's funny. I think they're a team that actually really they physically match up well yeah. with with Milwaukee because yeah. the real OG Ananobi that young man has been impressive. Yes, sir. You know Siakam. They got they got physical, athletic guys that can play on the perimeter, and their improvement offensively in terms of it's system style yeah. really impressed. So I'm gonna go with the Raptors. Partly, too, because I'm trying to make up ground. <laughs> so. All right, then, the Saturday night, Rockets at Pistons. Ooh. No heart. No James. You know what? That's a style game, though. Yeah. If, you could, if, if you're Houston and you can trick the Pistons into playing your, the style of game you want to play, you can beat them with, yes, even without James Harden. Yes, you can. Um, I don't, And I don't love where Detroit's it's psyche right. is right now. That's your home team. You know you pick it up. <laughs> You going, um, going with the fans? No, you know what? I I think I think this is one of those tricky games where you assume the Pistons win this thing because of the circumstance, but the Rockets pop them on a system game. Okay, I'm going with the Pistons. Actually, I keep trying to write the Pistons off. I know, and they keep they keep they, they keep, keep doing their vampire routine. Yeah, they keep Fourth responding. Keep coming back from the dead. So I'm gonna go with them. The fact that Harden's not there, I think it'll be a very good game. Yeah. Uh, but they, Detroit's a much improved team from a year ago. I got to give them some credit. They they really have bounced back nicely with, with how they played. They last bounced year. back three or four times this season. This season, yeah, they've had some Crazy. stretches. Then we're gonna stay on Saturday night. Pelicans at Wolves. Ooh, that's gonna that's be a, a good one. These are three really good games for the all weekend. on NBA League Pass. I love it. Oh, I'll be watching. I love League Pass. Keep the iPad next to the – on the nightstand at all times with on League Pass. Believe me, I get yelled at about it often. Um, oof, I'm going with Boogie. I'm going to believe in Boogie this week. I'm going to go with you too. I'm going to Pelican. I, 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 it's – you know, Minnesota continues. I thought Minnesota would be an improved team. They, they've been better than I thought they would. They have. And in part it's because Jimmy Bart, Butler. Butler has just raised the level. He's yeah. proven that he – is in the conversation of being a superstar. Yeah, I mean he has been, he's been phenomenal. He's pushed that. Le- he's pushed the level, and they're still horrible defensively, um, as a group, which is a bit surprising. Yeah, but sometimes you just are what you are. Yeah, but I- I'm gonna. I'm with you. I, I, I mean, New Orleans, though, man. You, can you be any more average? <laughs> they're 500, 500 on the road, five hundred at home, five hundred. They last yeah, they- ten. They just with two of the most freakishly outstanding well, players in basketball, but they are one hundred percent. The problem though for them regular when you when your best players don't have the ball all the time, yeah, 
it makes it harder to be great. Yeah, that's a good that, point. That's that's the one thing. The other guys got to get it to them and play well. So yeah, but I do. I think New Orleans that'll be a really they, and they they're a decent road team. Like I yeah. said, they're five hundred road team, so they're not going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I like that. I like I like the Pelicans right now. I'm feeling that. Oh boy. Well, interesting uh, start to 2018. Ga mm-hmm. this this season. Uh, I got a feeling we in. For some roller coaster riding here with trade deadline moved up before All Star Weekend, we get that jolt to the system if something crazy goes down before All Star, as opposed to after, which should be very intriguing yeah. this season, depending on what happens. Um, shout out to our man John Schumann with the Schumann stat as always. Make sure you tune in to NBA TV. Check it out. Players only, as always, has been fantastic. Um, and uh, only will, players, baby. Only I know, players. Three, three, shout out to our man Dennis Scott. Yeah, hustling up that players he, only, baby. Had LeBron, had LeBron on there with the towel and everything. Yeah, he's grinding. Tuesday night, man. Shout out to 3D, and uh, we'll see you next year, uh, next week. Excuse me, right here on the Hang Time Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say Kuna Matata.